The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. Hello, folks, and welcome to another special edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I am thrilled about my guest today, but before we get to that, there's a few things we got to talk about, folks. This is the first podcast in a series. Uh, We're going to be doing position-by-position breakdown, and we're going to start with the linebackers. Chicago Bears football, it's the place to start. Got to start with linebackers. Uh, I'm joined today by Rob Kirkland. We'll get to him in just a second. But folks, you know, you've heard us talk about it before. If you are thinking of buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area, you got to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn about how Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties can help you. As a third generation realtor, Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Jeff provides lots of information and market insight without any pressure so you can make an informed decision about your next real estate experience. Visit Geneva Jeff today to learn more, or you can give my guy Jeff a call or a text, either one, a call or a text message. He loves text messages, 630-254-4734. Give him a call, give him a text. He would love to talk with you and, and you won't regret it. So we're going to start linebackers. We're going to talk defensive line. We're going to talk every one of the positions. We've got some other really cool things going on. We've got some Bear fans from across the pond. We're going to be talking to what is it like to be a Bears fan living outside of the United States. We actually have an episode. Kevin Alefsky is going to be on. We're going to be talking about Australian football. We're going to try to convert as many of you as, as humanly possible. But, uh, and we also, oh man, folks, so excited. Uh, later next week, we are going to be recording our postseason podcast where the Bear Down Report staff, we are going to talk about our end of season awards and we've got some stuff that we're thrilled about. Folks, my guest today is someone that I have been waiting to talk to because pretty much almost after every single game, Rob Kirkland gets fired up and he and I go back and forth. And every single time I talk to him, I think, why aren't we hitting the record button? This is some really good conversation. Rob and I disagree all the time. Hilarity ensues. Uh, Folks, welcome to the podcast, Rob Kirkland. Rob, thank you so much for being here tonight. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, man. So, so before we get too far into the Chicago Bears, which we will, Rob, would you just tell our listeners just a little bit about your football background? Where are you kind of coming from with, with, this, uh, with this game? Sure. Um, I, I was a high school football player in Southern Illinois, played at O'Fallon, Illinois High School. Shout out to the Panthers. From there, I went to Triton Junior College because I didn't really know much about junior colleges and I didn't have the grades, you know, I pretty much, you know, played football and that was my focus, but I, it still worked out. I ended up in Southeast Missouri state where I got a scholarship played there, ended up um, from there, played a short time in the Canadian league. My, my claim to fame is, you know, I, I was a rookie with uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. However, as you can see, our lives took vastly different paths. <laughs> uh yeah just a little bit just a little bit man so now were you also playing on the defensive line with him or what position were you playing when you were there we were it's funny you asked that it's when we first got there we were both he came, he was a you know a traditional defensive lineman i mean he's 
just a freak. He was six four, and they and they had me. I was a rush in, but it, you know, in Canada, if you're a rush in, you pretty much are with the 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 linebacker. I mean, the yeah, with the line. So I ended up starting out there, and then eventually moved to outside linebacker. It's it's funny for for me to hear you say that that he is such a a big human being because Rob, I mean, our listeners can't uh, can't see you, but you are not a small man <laughs> by any standards whatsoever. <laughs> So, um, all right. I, I, I appreciate that, but he made me look small, believe me. Uh, Rob and I, uh, it doesn't look like it, but I, uh, we spent a lot of time in the weight room together. Uh, Rob looks like it. I don't, but it's okay, folks. Um, okay, let's get into this. I know you and I, every time we start texting, I'm like, stop. Don't, don't say it because we got to save it for the podcast. There has been so much going on, and, and obviously, folks, with the big news that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and Ted Phillips are all not only staying put, but not moving positions in any way, a uh, lot of fans really upset. Uh, Rob, I don't know if you watched any of that press conference. That was insulting. I don't know how else to say it. What were your kind of takes on that? I Sadly... And I, it, it's it, that I can't get that time of my life back. But I, I watched it like an idiot. I watched the entire day because I'm I was watching it, looking for some semblance of, okay, I you know what I can, I, I get it. They are going to turn the corner, and I got nothing. When Ted Phillips said that those two showed improved, and I'm paraphrasing that they were the right guys for I wanted to throw my laptop through a wall. I, because what it show, what it says to me is that okay there's the, there's our our central issue. We got a guy at the top that does not know how to evaluate football. When he talked about that he doesn't know how to make football decisions, that doesn't sound right for a guy <laughs> that's running a a football team. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the one, the, one <laughs> the word that, duh did come to mind, you know, I know you and I have disagreed on Ryan Pace quite a bit. The thing that is so maddening to me is Ryan Pace has drafted and brought in some, some decent free agents, except for the most important position. And to think that he's going to be drafting or bringing in yet another quarterback when he is whiffed so badly on three of them. I think that might be the part really I'm bad. most frust frustrated about. What about you? What What is your your biggest frustration with this move? My 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 biggest frustration is that is that it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a couple of things. One, the ability to not be able to evaluate the quarterback position and to miss so it's one thing to miss, but to miss badly over and over then to also not have the foresight to look at, and I'm probably jumping ahead, but to not have the foresight to see, you know what, that Kwiatkowski kid, that man, we probably should hold on to him. We should probably keep him. You know, those th types of things just, it, it sends me over the edge because it's like, are you purposely trying not just to be average? Or, I mean, because that's what it appears like. Well, and I think that's what a lot of fans were talking about, too, is the fact that they know they're going to make their money, and so they just don't care. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll say they're, they're – Exactly. They're, they're paying lip service, but, but it's not actually going to happen. 
All right, Rob, let's let's exactly. let's zoom out just a little bit. Who were the what? 2020 Chicago Bears? Whew. The 2020 Chicago Bears were without a doubt Jekyll and Hyde. Twilight Zone, you name it, they were it. Because they went from, you know, we're starting out the season with, you know, with with Mitch, you know, Mitch Mitch has done all the right things. He said all the right things. And I really believe he has a grasp of what we, what we want to do, right? And then we have this running back who you and I have talked about it before. And I said, the only time this kid is good, he's got to be north of 20 carries. Yes, sir. That's when he starts heating up, you know? And then we went through, you know, we, we went through the, 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 the first couple of games and, you know, Mitch was Mitch, and then Mitch was Mitch, and then he, he he benched Mitch, and then he brought in Foles, who's gonna put on his cape, save the day, and Foles was Foles. I mean, let's be honest, Foles was Foles. So I mean, then that that experiment went bad, and then they so somebody had an epiphany at House Hall, and they said, you know what, <laughs> we should probably run the ball. Brilliant. We should probably run the ball. And, and I mean, think about it. If Montgomery, if they if they were running him the way they should have been, you know, at the end, at, at, at the beginning, that kid probably has about 12, 1,300 yards for the season. And just rushing. You know what's really funny is as we were doing our Saints preview for the playoff game, looking at total yards, Montgomery mm-hmm. was 100 yards shy of Alvin Kamara in total all-purpose yards. That's incredible to think yep. about. And you're, you're yep. 100% right. Yep. He, he, he didn't get the ball in the first half of the season no. at all. No. And that's what it makes me so – it irritates me even more as it pertains to Nagy because he's been so arrogant in how he's approached, you know, answering questions. I know we need to run the ball. I'm not an idiot. Well, you, you kind of <laughs> showing us that, you, that, you know, that the jury's still out on that one. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you got you got this kid, you know, run the ball. And I get it. You want to run the offense that Andy Reid runs, and you want to show everybody, hey, I'm smart. And we get it. But here's the reality. You don't have all the pieces to run that offense. You got to have the trigger man, and we don't have it yet. You, you, know? you know, we've had this conversation endlessly. I have defended Mitch, but, but I'm going to make a, a bold statement here, and I think you're, you're going to be happy with this. Mitch is a backup quarterback. I, I, I think True. He, he is a, he's a backup quarterback, and I think he's a backup quarterback that if you design the offense around him, you could win a few games. But he's clearly not Deshaun Watson. He's clearly not Patrick Mahomes. He, he's not even in, in, in the top half. Jimmy G. No. It's, it's, he's, not, he's not Jimmy G. <laughs> when Jimmy G did not have a great year either, so, so that's not – it's still not – No, so he did. He, 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 yeah, I know that's not a good comparison to not saying much either, but I get what you – I get you, Drip. You're right, though. He, he is a backup. So it's like, Harry, I'm, I'm just looking at the landscape of, of the offseason – and I'm trying to wrap my mind around, okay, where exactly do you all think you're – which direction do you all think you're going to go? Because there's not a lot out there, you know? 
Absolutely. Well, and that's, I think a lot of people are asking, you know, is Ryan Pace going to give up a lot of draft picks to get another quarterback Oof. that might not be the right guy? And that, that is, is maddening to me because anywhere between rounds two through five, Ryan Pace has made some pretty good draft picks. And if you're getting- he, He's those, come up sevens. If, if, you know, no, no GM is going to be a hundred percent. It doesn't, it just isn't. Look at the New England Patriots. They can't draft a wide receiver to save their lives. They just can't do it, right? But they, they've got talent all over the place. It seems though Ryan Pace can draft a defense, but he sure cannot draft a quarterback. All right, Rob, we brought you in here to talk linebackers. So let's talk linebackers. Khalil Mack, Roquan. Let's do it. Tell us a little bit, how would you rank the overall performance of the linebackers for the Chicago Bears in 2020? <sighs> if I had to give them a letter grade, please, I would give them, I would give them a C plus. How come? I would give them a C plus. One, number one, I'll start with Mac. And I'm full disclosure, that's that's my favorite player. I think he was injured. I think he was in most of the season he played, you know, hurt. And the productive the productivity was not there, but he's still a much of a threat that I can guarantee you everybody they played, the offensive coordinator was 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 scheming for 52 you know and then 58 i mean he he is all world he is he embodies chicago football i love i love smith because you turn on the tape and he's everywhere he should and he doesn't come off the field and nor should he come off the field now it goes downhill from there very because much because trevathan at, at one time he was a good player. I mean, we paid him a lot of money to come here in free agency. The reality is that dog won't hunt anymore. He's completely out of place. He can cover. And the and team started purposely exploiting him because they knew, you know, the, 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 he was the, the, the weak link on, on defense. I, I coach girls lacrosse. And girls lacrosse, we always say, find the Mary. Mary is the weakest person on defense. Well, on our defense, that was Trevathan. Then I go to our high-priced free agent. Go ahead. You, you want to say something? No. Well, it's, it's just so funny is that you and I spent a lot of time talking in the offseason about how excited we were about Robert Quinn. And I just want to read off some stats yep. to you because, I mean, you just touched on a lot of stuff. Roquan Smith, two interceptions, four sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, 139 tackles, 98 solo, and 18 tackles for a loss. That's Roquan Smith. And, and to your point, if you listen to, to Danny's stats, who, who's also playing in the middle, 113 tackles, that's not the worst thing that's ever been. 67 solo, three tackles for a loss. One linebacker has 18, the other one has three. Danny also had one sack and one forced fumble. But I know you're going to talk about him. Our guy, Robert Quinn, uh, three forced fumbles, which you have to give credit where credit is due. Three, I'll take three forced fumbles. Not bad. Fumbles. 
But he was brought here to rush the quarterback. You and I talked about this so much that he was going to take pressure off Mac and allow Mac to have a great season. And instead, he had two sacks and 20 tackles. And I would submit to you, he probably added more pressure to Mac because he did not – it wasn't your, your typical bookend. You know, he did not apply the pressure – that I felt, and I, I, I think we talked about this. I thought they bought damaged goods because if you remember, and I know we had COVID, but there were a lot of reports coming out that when he got to Chicago, he didn't practice really at all. And every time I, cause I kept looking to see, okay, every report, every interview, you know, they, they, you know, team, team recap. I wanted to hear about Quinn cause I was excited about it when they signed him. And I kept hearing, did not practice today, did not practice today. And I think I mentioned it to you one time. I said, I think they got him knowing that he was injured, hoping that he would somehow heal on the fly. And he did, okay, He, I guess he, he got better, but for the, for the contract, the productivity just doesn't, the numbers just don't add up. And then, too, the, the, the other issue, we talked about this ad nauseum, is you take your bookends in a 3-4 defense and you're dropping them into pass coverage. I, neither of which, neither of which, and don't get me wrong, and, and I'm, you know, a big, a big, big shout out to, to Pagano. He's forgotten more football than I could ever comprehend. At the same time, he did not, the personnel he had, he did not utilize it well and it hurt us. Our defense as a whole regressed this year. It, it's, it's tricky because you can't just have them rush the passer on every play because the, the defenses are going to start to adjust to that. However, I think you and I talked about it endlessly, which was he's doing it too much. Let me ask you a, 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 maybe a simple question. Maybe it's a complex question. I don't know. Was Robert Quinn playing out of position for most of this season? I believe every time they dropped him in space, yes, he was. And I agree with you. They can't rush the passer every play, but let, let's, let's, you know, let's be 100 on this. Those two are paid to rush the quarterback. That's why they make the money they make. They do not make the money they they do not make the money they make to come in and drop in the pass covers. That's not their skill set. So to me, I understand you, you know you can't do it every play, but you need to you definitely need to scheme it better to where you play to their strengths. His strength is not dropping in the coverage. So I I do think he was he was used wrong and out of place a lot over the, the, the season because it just did not, it did not, the productivity for what the defense needed and what Mac needed as, as, as a, you know, as a, you know, a bookend, it just did not work. It was really frustrating. And I, I know you talked about it, the, the, the injury, uh, definitely well-documented. He seemed to be on the injury list every week. Uh, stats wise, one interception, three forced fumbles, nine sacks, 50 tackles, 29 solo, and 11 tackles for a loss, which anytime he's making a tackle for a loss, he's making a sack or, or any tackle, that's usually a good thing. But 
again, we come back. We sound a little bit like a broken record is the, he shouldn't be dropping into coverage. That's not why you brought Khalil Mack to Chicago. Um, is Khalil Mack, is he better than the stats? Was he better this season than the stats say that he was? I think he is better than the stats, but in my heart of hearts, I really believe he he was injured because the with the get when I watch him, you look at when he when he was in Oakland and when he first got to Chicago, his burst was off the chart. His first step was insane. He was a madman coming off the edge, and I think I joke with you a couple of times. As much as I, I I'm a, a fan of his. There were times during this season and last season he was taking the Dan Ryan Expressway to get to the quarterback. <laughs> you know, it was just I'm like, why are you why are you rushing from so far out? If that's not who you are, and I the only thing that I could deduce is okay, well, that's maybe that's how Pagano is scheming it. That's how he has him set up. It just I I think he's better than his stats. I think he's it, it, and and history says that he is now. This offseason, does he get healthy? Hopefully he does. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't end up being a, a cap casualty or, or you know, they don't end up saying, you know what, if we can package him together, maybe we can get it, go get that quarterback, which I think is a huge mistake because given that the salary cap is going to be what it's going to be, we're not in a position to bring in a quarterback and pray and pay him a king's ransom we have so many other holes to fill. So, okay, but to that point, what if they could trade for Deshaun Watson? Then all of a sudden, Mac's contract is no longer in the books, and the Bears cap situation goes from eh to they can afford Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. I mean, that, that guy's a top, dare I say, three quarterback? He's, he's definitely in the top five. I read today that if the Bears were able to pull that off, Chicago would be perennial Super Bowl contenders. And this guy, I forgot who, who I read it from, but he wasn't mincing words. He, he wasn't joking. He was, he was dead on serious. The problem is, for us to offload a guy like Mac, it's not going to be a one-for-one trade. You'd have to give up your 20th pick in the draft. You'd probably have to give up your second and your third. I mean, they, they're going to want a king's ransom for Deshaun, and I just don't think we have the pieces to make it work. If we did, oh, man, I it as much as it would hurt me, if we could get them, I, yeah. I, yeah, because you always go young for old, always. I, I think you and I were texting the night that it happened. And I think I remember distinctively telling you, Rob, all I want is Deshaun Watson. And the second I saw the Bears have traded up one pick, I said, this is it. Let's go. It's Deshaun Watson time. And then they said the Bears draft Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, my goodness. I Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It just to, to, you know, because it's been talked about too much, we're not going to get into it, but the, the idea that the bears could pass on Deshaun Watson and then find a way to get him in Chicago uh, well after the mm. draft is, it's just crazy to think about. Mm. 
it is right. crazy to think about. I just stranger things have happened, but I, I just I don't see it happening. Let's let's talk about Roquan Smith. I okay. and a lot of Bears fans are trying to understand how a guy with the stats that Roquan had and the ability to take over a game was not in the Pro Bowl and was seventh in voting for All Pro. I I can't wrap my head around that. Can, can, yeah, can... The, 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 <laughs> I can't. The, 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 the Pro Bowl thing is not that, – that's, that's more of a peer thing, and it's, it's a popularity contest. The All-Pro thing is a whole different conversation. There's no way that he's seventh in All-Pro. There's no way. I'll put Roquan up against anybody else in the entire NFL because the reality is – there is no Luke Keekley. There is no Ray Lewis in the league right now. So you can't look at that and say, look and say, okay, well, he's not that guy. I mean, you could pretty much put him up against anybody else in the NFL. So I, I had a, yeah, I had a big, I had a big problem with that. I threw it out there that sideline to sideline. I think he might be Brian Erlacher or better. Uh, his, his sideline to sideline, especially going from his rookie season all the way to this season, it just seems that his closing speed or just his ability to get sideline to sideline has increased. What, what do you kind of think about that? I think he's definitely gotten better in that, in that area as far as closing speed. Now, to, to, to say better than Erlacher? <laughs> I don't know, man. You're talking about he was he, Erlacher was, in my opinion, he's one of he was one of those unicorns that you come across every you know ten twenty years. I mean, the guy was six four, two sixty, and could flat out fly, and he was playing it. The playing the position. Remember, he was a safety in college. Yes, I, I I'm trying. He was to playing instinctive. What did that? Yeah. Look like? Oh my god. <laughs> You know, right. so I mean, I think, but I think Roquan is more refined as a linebacker because that's what he played. He understands all the intricacies of playing the position where Brian Erlacher probably didn't early on in his career. I mean, Roquan came in the door knowing where to be, how to dissect an offensive line, and, and what have you. Is there any way you would trade Roquan Smith? for a quarterback or for something else? No. Why not? No. No. Because, again, you look at what Chicago is. What has Chicago's calling card always been? It's always been defense. And guys like him, are they don't come a dime a dozen. Now, I know, you know, one of the draft picks that we gave up in the, in the, in the Khalil Mack Hall was the Sam Fran who drafted Fred Warner in the fourth round, who's, he's a stud. He's a stud. I got to get, you know, I got to give him his props. So you can make the argument, well, if we did, if we did do that, we could probably find another linebacker. But again, you have to look at where we are as as a team right now. If you do something like that, and for some weird reason, you decide to bring back 59 again, imagine defense without Roquan with 59 next to somebody brand new that's not 
you know, doesn't have a huge upside, but he's just a body. Or, or heaven forbid, Roquan's traded, they bring back 59, and Manti Teo is his running mate. Now, I, I like Manti Teo, and he was, all, he was an All-American in Notre Dame, but the reality is it just hasn't happened in the NFL. Well, I've been scratching my head. I understand Manti Teo plays in the middle where Bartavius Mingo mm -hmm. played on the outside, James Vauders. Mm -hmm. So the, the drop-off from, from Danny to Mingo is, <laughs> is unbelievable. Danny had 113 tackles. Bartavius Mingo had 35, and it just looked like that guy was out of place the entire season. He, James... good, yeah, go ahead. Who, who was out of, of yeah, place? Yeah, Bartavius Mingo was, was out of – Bartavius Mingo seemed like he was out – of position at all times. And then the next closest guy to him is James Vauders, who I thought had some promise and then got hurt. And so he's done for the year. In Mingo's case, I watched him because I, you, you know, full disclosure, you know, I'm a Bama fan. Uh, so I watch a lot of SEC football. Watching him at, at LSU, he was, he was an edge guy, but he was an edge guy that even then you could see on a, an undisciplined player. So the thing about being an undisciplined player, you better be otherworldly and something else. See, a guy like Matt can get away with freelancing a little bit because he's that good. Mingo's not that guy. And I think a lot of times, I'm not saying he purposely freelance. I just think he, you know, he it, things are coming at him too fast now. It's not to say he cannot, because he had flashes. I saw flashes. But I, is that, I, I always wondered, okay, are those flashes more of he just, he was out of place to begin with and he ended up making a tackle or he made a great read and he made, you know what I'm saying? So the jury's still out on him. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a tremendous drop off man i just like i said every time i watch a game and i see the two inside linebackers i imagine what if kwiatowski was still here playing next to 58 and man wow he because they could both cover well and that's the thing is sideline to sideline kwiatowski was not your guy but closing in a gap that guy was crazy fast and he hit like a Mack truck. A good friend of mine who is a Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders, that's still going to take me some time to get used to. Uh, he's, he's a big Raiders fan and he's, he sent me a text once a week. Hey, thanks for Kukowski, man. Thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> okay. You got me on a sidetrack question. Should the Chicago Bears draft Mac Jones? Hmm. He, there's a possibility he could be there at 20. There is a possibility he could be there at 20. I, the, the thing with him, and if you watch Alabama, if you keep him upright, he is deadly accurate. He is deadly. As a matter of fact, I think there was a stat that he is the highest completion percentage in the history of college football. Wow. I think, I think, it, I think it was Joe Burrows, and then I think he eclipsed him this year. So I, I think if he's there, it'd be hard not to do it. But the thing you have to ask yourself is, okay, going into next season, Foles is probably the starter because you're oh. not going to cut him and have to still pay him. 
I mean, see Mike Glennon. We still we were still playing that guy, you know. So I I think I think man, that that's a that's a tough question, man. I, I just part of me says if he's there, you gotta do it. But at the same time, it's like okay, but what do we need more, and can we get those pieces in the second, third, and fourth round? And then also too, there is free agency. So my thing is. To get the quarterback that we would need a free agency, I you know, I know there was talk. I've seen every rumor from Jimmy G to Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? If we could get one of them, especially a Matt Ryan, absolutely. You know, you give him a two, three year deal and you know, you get you get the younger guy and you groom him, let him learn, that would be a Mac Jones guy. You know, so if but if not, I It'd be hard to justify passing up on him. You don't get a free agent quarterback, and then you go into next year. This is and this is a terrifying thought. With Nick Foles as your starter, you know Mitch is gone, and you have some other other journeyman. That's you have some other journeyman that that ends up being your. You're, you're, you're number two. I that, Those are sobering thoughts to me. <laughs> the thought of having Nick Foles back at quarterback just makes me want to throw up. I just, I don't understand. A, a few people said, oh, well, you know, the Matt Nagy ruined Nick Foles. Huh? Uh, Nick Foles, when, nah, he gets, nah. when he gets hot, he, he plays well. And he got on a hot streak going into the playoffs with Philadelphia. But I think people are just ignoring his time in St. Louis, right? They're ignoring his times. His first stint in Philadelphia, he was not a good quarterback. All right, let's get back to it. Rob, one of my last questions for you. 2021 linebackers, what do you want to see? Do you want to see a trade? Do you want to see them draft somebody? Do you want to see this, this team come back intact? What are you looking for in 2021? It's hard for me to say, say make a trade because I'd have to see who's actually available in 2021. And typically, you don't trade for some trade for a linebacker unless it's and I and I'll put it out there unless it's a Mac type player. And I don't believe there's a middle linebacker out there who's in that vein that you'd say, "Oh yeah, let's 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 do that." What I want to see from from our linebackers i want to see them get back to being in attacks in attack mode the way they were under fangio you know i want to see a guy that that complements smith that who can run sideline to sideline so because why why can't i'm greedy why can't we have two guys who can run sideline sideline to sideline and oh by the way fill gaps why can't we have both i think we can i want to see a healthy Mac, that's if they don't end up trading. But I, I got a strong suspicion that that's what he's going to be part of some package. But if he is back, I want to see a healthy Mac, and I want to see him turn loose to where he can get back to doing what he's known for. On the other side, I'm, I'm assuming Quinn's going to be back because we're on the hook for him. You know, and you got a whole offseason to get healthy now, so no more excuses next year. He's got to bring it. So we, we just got to get back to at that position because, again, that's what Chicago embodies. That I mean, you you go look at the history. The, the linebacker position, 
that is our trademark. That's our calling card. We've always had one. You know what I mean? We've always had. I mean, Singletary, even Dante Jones. Dante Jones was he 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 was a bit of a beast. You know, we've always had somebody at that position. So I want to see that position get back to a position that's okay. We have to scheme for all four, not just one or two. Absolutely. All right. Now, Rob, I know you've heard the podcast before. You knew this was coming <laughs> and we've been, we've been already arguing about something that wasn't even on your list, <laughs> but it is time, my friend, for our favorite segment, unpopular opinion. So Mr. Rob Kirkland, I've got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion? Oh, man. I was going back and forth between two. And I, because I have to go with one, and we've already debated the one. I started a frenzy on Facebook with the other one. I cannot stand Portillo's. I cannot. What? I cannot. What? I Rob, cannot. What are you? I can't. <laughs> Come on, man. Where? Why? What? what I got. I got. I gotta be honest, man. That's has never been my thing. And I know people swear. And I lived there. I, I lived there for you know eight nine years, and I had it once. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. no. No, 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 no. Okay, I got to ask, what did you have? Because I don't think I've ever... Okay, now we got to tell a story. My sister, who lives in Virginia, she would come into town maybe twice a year. And the first place she would say, I would pick her up from the airport and she would go, take me to Portillo's. And the last place we would take her before she would get on the plane to go back to Virginia was take me to Portillo's. And usually sometime in between while she was at home, she said, Hey, can we go back to Portillo's? So dude, I, what did, what did you eat? And what I, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I, it's, it's funny. I cannot remember what I had. I just know that it was not, it did not sit well with me. And I remember after that, never going back again. And for me, not for me, when I come in town, it'll be cross towns, it'll be Lou Malnati's, and it'll be cross town again. Those, those are the two for me. Man, right before you moved out east, you and I went to Crosstown, and I think we just annihilated some wings. We did. It was some good stuff, man. We did. <laughs> we did I, some damage that day. <laughs> man, you and I argue about a lot of stuff, but this is this one. I don't know if this is forgivable, man. <laughs> Rob, uh, we got to say thank I, I told you. I was told you I was going back and forth oh, between man. the two, and I couldn't look. Holy cow. I should have went um, with the other one. I should have went with the You know what? Other one. We got time. Throw it out there just because why not? We're already arguing. Let's do it. Let's go. My, my other one is Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It is not. It does not have a Christmas theme. It takes place during Christmas, but it is not a Christmas movie. Ho, ho, ho. Come on, man. It's, it's in the movie. The whole thing no. is centered around no. a Christmas no. trip. Nakatomi Plaza no. in Christmas time. No. <laughs> no. All right. No. no. So, Rob, we got to say 
Thank you so much for being a part of the Bear Down Report. Is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to? You, you've got the opportunity. Anybody at all? Anything? Last words that you want to share with uh, with listeners or anything like that? Um, a shout out to Naperville North. They gave me an opportunity to to get into coaching when not a lot of other people would. Um, and I, and I, and I, it was the funnest six years I've had as, as a coach. And that's what I miss most about the, being in the area is the people and the food. So that I, I would say neighbor, Naperville North, people in Naperville North, um, Kevin Menages, Sean Drendos, you know, shout out to those guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Rob, thank you so much, folks. We really appreciate you listening. We appreciate you sharing any of the Bear Down Report content. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you think, hey, this was good. We like this. This was entertaining. Please hit that subscribe button. That would help us out quite a bit. Uh, and as always, folks, Bear Down. <laughs>